Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today, and we welcome you to uh, Community Baptist Church as we have gathered to worship and to fellowship together. And we welcome each of you. We welcome our guests, especially today. I uh, want you to know that you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out in the purple binder there and uh, uh, re- uh, give us the information that you feel comfortable giving to us and check the appropriate box. And uh, we would certainly appreciate you doing that for us today and then pass it down so others can do the same. Also, go ahead and uh, take your uh, your phones out and check in on uh, Facebook if you haven't done that already. Uh, and let everybody know that you're here today. And I want to bring to your attention a few announcements that we have, uh, some activities that we have coming up. First of all, our upperclassmen group will be having lunch next Monday, not tomorrow, but next Monday. So we'll be having a potluck lunch here on uh, on on next Monday. So hope you can join us for that. Next Sunday will be Youth Week. Our youth will be uh, participating and leading our worship service, and Kelsey will be preaching on uh, on Sunday morning. So we look forward to that. I know you'll want to come and support them. And and coming up on August the the sixth uh, through the eleventh, we're going to be uh, it's going to be Paint Week. We're going to be painting the lower half of of this room, and uh, so we need a lot of volunteers to help us doing do that. And so if you can volunteer to help us paint during that week. Uh, please see Sybil and she will get you signed up. One other thing. Immediately after church today, we will be joining for lunch. We have it all set up here. And so we'll be uh, having lunch together after church. I saw a meme on Facebook this morning. And this is what it said. Where two or more Baptists are gathered in my name, a chicken must die. <laughs> No truth has no no greater truth has ever been spoken than those words. <laughs> I bet you we'll find some chicken back here today. Um, but please join us after church. We'll we'll uh, we'll have lunch together, and then after after church, I mean after lunch, uh, Steve Gold and Herbie McKee will will talk to us about the Boys and Girls Club, and and we'll uh, introduce them in a little bit and uh, and uh, uh, hear a lot of a lot of information and be able to ask any questions that we may have. So please stay and join us after church. Now let us stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Let's share the love of Christ with one another.
Let's pray together. Oh God, we are thankful. And we are so glad that we are a part of the family of God. Um, You have adopted us into your family. And we are so grateful. And we come before you today with praise and thanksgiving. Through Jesus Christ, you have lavished upon us every spiritual blessing that we could possibly imagine. Even before the world was created, you already knew us and loved us. You brought us into your family and redeemed us through the blood of your Son, Jesus. And even more, you have made us your heirs and given us your spirit as a sign and guarantee that your promises to us are true. Oh, how we praise you, O God. Open our hearts and our minds to your presence among us here today. We pray that our worship this morning will bring you honor and glory. For you alone are worthy of our praise. Amen.
with the brightness of your presence. Lead us always to worship Christ our King and to reflect your light to others by lives of loving service. Amen. Amen.
Shall we hear God's words in Scripture this morning? Ephesians 1, 3-14 Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, just as He chooses us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destines us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good will of His will, to to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed Him and His. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, and according to the riches of His grace that He lavishes on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure that He has set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fulfillment of law, time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things, according to the counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and the believed in Him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is a pledge of our inheritance towards redemption at God's own people to the praise of His glory. This is the word of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, Dr. Hobbs uh, did a sermon and he mentioned the woman who who had the bleeding disorder. That wasn't what the sermon was about, uh, but he mentioned it. And when he did, it really brought this song to my mind. And I've just had it going through my mind for a couple of weeks and I wanted to share it with you today. And the title of it is, He Touched Me. And uh, as Christians, that's what we're called to do. We're called to go out in the world and we're called to make a difference to those people who are reaching out and just need us to, to just show them that everybody has worth and everybody is loved. And if nobody's told you today, God loves you and I love you.
Thank you, Christine. What a wonderful song. And I hope that's uh, something that that we recognize and do in our lives, that we recognize that we've been touched by God and we are called to touch others in the name of God as well. You may have noticed that um, some churches have instituted a ceremony that's become very popular with pet lovers. It's called the Blessing of the Animals. Uh, it's an opportunity for pet owners to bring their their pets for a priest or a pastor to lay on hands on, on the animals or to sprinkle them with holy water or simply to have a prayer for them. Uh, some churches celebrate this on October, October the 4th, which is the feast day of St. Francis, who is known for loving all of God's creatures. Well, a few years ago, there was a, a blessing of the animal ceremony in San Francisco attended by about 50 pet owners who came to Washington Square and they, some of them brought rabbits and horses. One carried a timid little cat named Rusty who hid inside of a duff, duffel bag. And the owner said, Rusty is afraid of everything. She told the priest that. He said, she said, he's like the lion in the Wizard of Oz. So we brought him here hoping that you could give him a little courage. And one woman uh, brought her American Eskimo dog. And she said that she was hoping for a, a change in his behavior. She says he eats furniture. <laughs> destroys our rugs. Runs away when you call him to come. And these kind of antics have earned him the name of Devil Dog. And so she was asking for a little divine interven- intervention here. And, and the owner said, after the, the priest sprinkled holy water on him, the owner said, he looks so sweet. He said, I was really expecting that his head would spin around and green stuff would come spewing out of his mouth. Well, I hope the blessing worked. I hope Rusty got a little more courage and and the devil dog was thoroughly exercised. But have you noticed that one of the words that's become very popular in certain segments of our society these days is the word blessed? Have you noticed that? People are using it all the time. You, you, you go to McDonald's, go through the drive-thru at McDonald's or at Starbucks or Dunkin', uh, uh, Dunkin Donuts or Donut King or whatever. You go through the drive-thru and they give you your coffee and they say, have a blessed day. That's nice. A friend's talking about her three children and she says, I'm so blessed to have such good kids. And a guy's talking about his, his job, and he says, I received that promotion that I've been waiting for, and I feel so blessed. And all of this raises the question of what does it really mean to be blessed? Well, Paul says in the first chapter of Ephesians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For God chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, God destined us for adoption as God's children through Jesus Christ in accordance with God's pleasure and will. 
Now, I don't think we have time to explore in depth the complete meaning of Paul's words here this morning. I mean, after all, we've got a lunch to get to in a few minutes. Got an amen for that, I tell you. <laughs> But, but let's see where this passage can, can, see where this passage can lead us. For one thing, what does it mean that we have been blessed by God? Paul writes, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. What does that mean? Does that mean everything's gonna go our way? I don't think so. Has everything gone your way all the time? No. So what exactly does that mean? There's a man named Al Keeney who talks about a a young man that was bagging his groceries at his local supermarket. And the young man took his job very seriously. You see, the young man has Down syndrome. And as he was bagging Al's groceries, he was very conscientious about doing a good job. And and so Al thanked him, and he started to push his cart out the door. But the young man insisted that helping him to his car was a part of his job. And so Al followed the young man out to his car, and he opened the trunk. And the young man carefully placed the bags inside the trunk, and Keeney said, Thank you. And then the young man did something that kind of caught Al off guard. You see, he reached up and he put his arms around him, around Kenny. He said, I like you. And Kenny says that the only thing he could think to say was, I like you too. (laughs) But later when Al thought about this, he, he wrote these words. He said, some will say that when I see that young man in heaven, he will have been made whole. In other words, they think he will be like the rest of us. But I wonder, said Keeney, I wonder if when by God's grace I am made whole, I won't be more like that young man than he is like me. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And my friend, the bag boy, was blessed with all of those qualities and none of the pride and meanness that so often afflicts me. Hmm. That's a pretty nice understanding of what it means to be blessed, isn't it? I mean, usually when we think about being blessed, we think about it in terms of being blessed financially. Or being blessed with good health. Or being blessed with an abundance of talent. Or an attractive appearance. Or or our relationships. And then we turn to Matthew's Gospel and almost immediately we are confronted with those pesky Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
Blessed are, for, are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Is that what most people think of when they say, I'm so blessed? I don't think so. In fact, you may be blessed financially and physically and in terms of such things as talent and in, or intelligence or appearance. You can be blessed in all of those ways and still lose your soul. Your financial abundance can blind you to the needs of others. Your physical well-being can make you insensitive to, to those who are suffering. Your talent or your intellect or your attractiveness can delude you into thinking that you don't need any help from anybody else, even God. So can you see that some of the things that you count as blessings can turn out to be worse, the worst thing in the world to you? Think about Chuck Colson. Chuck Colson was an aide to Richard Nixon. And he went to prison for his participation in the Watergate scandal. Now, if you had asked him if he were blessed prior to June the 17th, 1972, the night of the Watergate burglary, he would, would have probably answered, most assuredly, I am a blessed man. I mean, he would say, I'm in a position of great power. I'm one of the president's closest aides. I'm wealthy. I'm famous. People all, all across America know who I am. So you see, Chuck Colson was blessed in all of the ways that we normally think of being blessed. But then that house of cards came tumbling down. And, and overnight, Chuck Colson was, a to was totally disgraced. He went to prison for obstruction of justice. And just before he went to prison, he gave his life to Christ. Now, a lot of people doubted his sincerity. They just thought, well, that's just another one of those jailhouse conversions that would last just as long as the, as the sentence did. But they were wrong. As a result of his experience, when he was released from prison, Chuck Colson founded Prison Fellowship, which is now the largest Christian ministry to prisoners and their families in the world. Prison Fellowship has more than 50,000 volunteers working in hundreds of prisons in 88 countries. And, and Colson, before his death, received many awards for, for helping those who could not help themselves. In his memoir, Chuck said, I found myself increasingly drawn to the idea that, that God put me in prison for a purpose. And that I should do something for those that I left behind. And so Chuck Colson, after he lost all of those things that we normally think of as being a blessing, he discovered what it really means to be blessed by God. So are you blessed? 
Are you living to the best of your ability in the center of God's will for your life? Paul knew what it meant to be blessed. And he spent most of the last years of his life in a Roman prison. Not because of anything that he did wrong. But because of his deep allegiance to Jesus Christ. And yet it was Paul who wrote, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So that's the first thing we need to see today. We are blessed. Secondly, we have been chosen by God. And here again, being chosen may mean something totally different from what we might think. Paul writes, praise be to God and and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms in every spiritual blessing, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now normally when we think of being chosen as an honor or an award that we've received because of our ability or I mean I mean think about it. choosing have you been chosen or have you been overlooked from being chosen sometime in your life I mean who among us has not stood in a school playground hoping that we would not be the last one chosen for the kickball team you know People are chosen because of their abilities. People are chosen for the football team. People are chosen to be a cheerleader. People are chosen for a sorority. People are chosen for a promotion. And usually we are chosen because of some ability we have or some virtue or, 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 or some attribute that we have. And we may even brag about it. We've been chosen. We've, we made the team. We're part of the elite Well, long before we were chosen by God to be God's children, the children of Israel were chosen by God. How's that worked out for them? Very few groups in the world have been as persecuted as the people of Israel throughout history. In the famous play, Fiddler on the Roof, Tevi is a pious Jewish peasant living in a Russian village who loves to stare up into the skies and argue with God. And in one particular dark moment when everything seemed to be going wrong in his little uh, Jewish community, Tevi looks towards the sky and he says to God, It's true that we are the chosen people. But once in a while, can't you choose somebody else? (laughs) And my guess is that millions of our Jewish friends all through the ages have asked that same question. So what does it mean to say that we've been chosen by God? Well, Israel was chosen to be a blessing to the world. Not to receive blessings, but to be a blessing. To give blessings to others. And so you see, being chosen was an honor for the Jewish people. But it was also a burden. Being chosen by God certainly does not mean that God loved them or loves us any more than God loves anybody else in the world. We're a prosperous people, but it's a dangerous thing for us to say that we are chosen for, pros- for prosperity. When we say that, that we've been chosen by God, 
It's more like that army recruiting poster back during World War I and World War II. And we have that stern-faced Uncle Sam pointing directly at us and in bold letters it says, Uncle Sam wants you. These soldiers recruited by those posters didn't expect any kind of special favors. At least I hope not. They were lured by their love of their country. They were recruited to make the world safe for democracy. And they were recruited because they believed in the ideas and in the values of freedom for all people. And we are being recruited. Chosen. Because we believe in Jesus Christ. And it's our task to bring people into the family of God. God has in mind a new world order. And I know that's a world, that's a, a phrase that gets thrown around out there. The new world order. And people get afraid about that. And, and, it, and it becomes a watchword. And people are afraid of the new world order. Well, I want to tell you something, folks. God has in mind a new world order. And we're a part of that. And if you look at the Gospels, God, you will see that God's new world order means that every person in the world will live in dignity and in harmony as God's children. That's God's new world order. And you and I, we're agents of that plan. Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And this is from God who reconciled us to God's self through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making God's appeal through us. He touched me. And we touch others. That's what that's all about. Do you see that? We are blessed. And we are chosen to be God's ambassadors, just like Israel was, to be a blessing to the world. But there's one more thing that we need to see here. You see, far beyond being blessed and chosen, we have also been adopted into God's own family. Adoption is the process by which a person who does not belong to a family is formally brought into that family and made a full legal member of that family with all of its rights and responsibilities thereof. We got some lawyers in the room, so I started. <laughs> And that's a beautiful thing when families like that function as they should. I heard about a, a vacation Bible school teacher a while back that was registering the children in her class. And, and uh, she asked two brothers their ages and their birthdays. And, and one of the boys said, we're both seven. These are brothers. We're both seven. And my birthday is April the 8th. And my brother, uh, 2010, and my brother's birthday is April the 20th, 2010. And the teacher was a little confused by that and said, what? 
That's impossible. And the other brother said, no, it's not. One of us is adopted. And before she can think about it, before she was even aware that she had asked it, she said, which one? And the boys looked at each other and said, well, we asked Dad that one, one day, and, and he just said that he loved us both, and he couldn't remember which one was adopted. That's what you need, isn't it? That's a good answer. Well, guess what? We've been adopted into God's family. We've been adopted as God's children. We've been adopted to be brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful thing it is to be blessed, to be chosen, to be adopted. Now, that that doesn't mean that God loves us any more than God loves everybody else. And it doesn't mean that life's going to be any easier for us than it is for anybody else. But what it means is that our lives have meaning and purpose. And what it means is that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You see, we're, we're not blessed and chosen and adopted just to be blessed and chosen and adopted. We are blessed and chosen and adopted to do something. To be God's face. God's mouth. God's hands and feet in the world. My friends, as, as our mission statement says up there, we are blessed and chosen and adopted to be the presence of Christ in a world of need. And I am so thankful that this church takes that calling seriously. And so here's your challenge. Be blessed. Be chosen. Be adopted and be God's presence to others. Amen. Let's sing together our closing hymn, number 200, In the Garden.
remind everyone of lunch afterwards. Uh, stay, and I think they'll bring the food out in just a moment. We'll have just a little delay between the worship service and and our, our meal. So hang around, folks. Let us pray. Blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses us, who chooses us, who adopts us as children, who forgives our sins and redeems us and lavishes full grace upon us. Now may we go with clean hands and pure hearts. May we go and proclaim the love and the mystery of God through our words and through our deeds. And bless the food that we are about to enjoy that we may be ambassadors for Christ in this world. Amen.